everybody, and welcome back to Rise of the Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Kara. I'm Brownie, and you can hear me again. Woohoo! Hey. Chris is feeling a lot better today. He's got I his mean, vocalis back. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't necessarily feel bad. It's just I was so dried out that my voice is like. <laughs> it was dust. <laughs> it was dust. That just made me think of one of those cartoon characters where they do that and like this poof of dust <laughs> comes out of their mouth. That's what it felt like, honestly. It's like if you just. If your throat was made out of sand instead of whatever pe- people material is. Poor Chris is just dying. So today's topic, maybe some of these foods would have helped you recover your voice or moisture. Chris. <laughs> maybe. Oh, we are going to be talking today about just like weird, crazy, strange, and dead leaf foods. foods. I was going to say dead foods. What? <laughs> dead. We're about dead foods? Deadly foods. <laughs> Most of the food I eat is dead. That, is that's true. true. That's, I would a say nice, the majority of the nice food. Nice slab of bacon. Okay, who looked at a pig's butt, though, and was like, that looks good? Everybody. <laughs> well, okay, talking about pig butts. So, Chris, have We're you ever heard of... We're going straight into this. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, have God. you ever heard of... No warm-up. Castriorium? Castorium? Castorium? Castorium. Castorium? No. So, that is the scented beaver butt secretion, and is being it's used in food and perfumes. So, it comes from the beaver's caster sack... And because of its close proximity to its anal glands, it often contains anal secretions and urine. However, the c- compound is non-toxic. So, do you know what it smells like? Oh, I'm gonna. It's gonna be something stupid like vanilla. It's vanilla. Yep, it's vanilla. That's the smell. So, I didn't think you'd be able to guess that one. Whoever, who? I mean, seriously, you don't look at a beaver's butt and be like, oh, no, that looks like it smells." I'm like gonna vanilla. say as soon as you started describing it, I absolutely had heard of it. <laughs> Um, so it's funny because so the, like, there's this one science t- scientist that was like, works with beavers. So she, when she has people, she gives tours to, she makes pe- like makes people smell beavers butts and they're like, no, I'm not going to smell that butt. And then she's like, yes, yeah, smell that butt. And then they lift up the tail and they're like, Oh, it smells like vanilla. It's quite nice actually. And so there was like a, for a while because of like how good it smells, there was a beaver shortage because people were killing all these beavers. <clears throat> so then the article said, you don't have to kill the beaver to remove it. You can just use a knife and carve it out. I mean, so can you imagine being that poor little beaver being flipped over? Just <laughs> yeah, imagine somebody just cut the chunk out of your butt and they're like, well, he's still alive. He'll never sit fine. right again. Right. <laughs> like, oh, why well, you lean to the left a little bit? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. So, but it, it was a funny thing, you know, it was like, who is somebody had to originally smell a beaver's bottom in order to, you know, oh, come across this. So I, I'm lo- I just kind of wanted to see what castorium was in. And it's actually been traditionally used in Sweden for flavoring a variety of schnapps. Ooh, so alcohol. Commonly referred to as Baverhut. Probably completely wrong with something no, like nobody that. Nobody in Sweden watches us. So we're fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> So, we'd, we'd love you if you would, Sweden, but we know we're not good enough I'm for Swedish, you. I'm right. Swedish, if that matters. I mean... I wish I'd have AJ on here. He looks like, you know, the he looks like a Swede. Blonde <laughs> hair, blue eyes, just looks like a Viking straight out of, like... That's our answer to PewDiePie. Right, 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 is AJ. <laughs> so, that was one of the ones I thought was kind of funny. That's, so then, that's, that's there, funny, yeah. There's some more so. common ones. So, there was one that I never really knew that I learned while doing my research for this podcast, is cashews. Are poisonous. Oh yes, I never knew that. Or at yeah, least the like, fruit that they come the, in. Yeah, if, if they're not properly like cooked or dried out, they're yep. really poisonous. Yeah, so I never knew that. So um, cashews come on a fruit, and then they're one of the things that's called like a like an like an anti fruit. I think is what it was called. I think so. So the nut doesn't grow inside of the fruit; it grows outside of the fruit. And the fruit itself is actually a delicacy in some parts of the world. But so they remove the anti fruit from the fruit, 
And then that's where they have to um, like trim it and cut it. And then they have to roast it and wash it off, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. And it also um, belongs to the same family as mangoes, poison ivy and pistachios. And it's also the same ingredient that is bad for you. That's in poison ivy as well. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So don't go around, uh, you know, they always warn you about getting into poison ivy, but I guess don't go roll in a cashew plant. Well, yeah, well, and then similarly, I think most people know that like almonds, uh, un- uncooked almonds are full of cyanide. I didn't know that. Oh, you I didn't, didn't either. Like, you'd, didn't either. You'd, you'd have to eat a lot of them. So like, according to this, you'd have to eat over 1,100 almonds to get enough cyanide in your body to kill you. But cyanide is one of those compounds that never leaves the body either. That's just a permanent. It just kind of con- accumulates. Yeah. So if over the course of your life you ate like thousands of untreated almonds you could end up accumulating enough cyanide in your body to, to kill you but that's crazy and so apparently like so like nothing is because a cashew isn't technically a nut a peanut yeah. isn't a nut so that's what a un, uncooked oh, almond look at looks that. like oh that's crazy i did know that un, um onions almonds take a tremendous amount of water it's like one gallon of water to make one almond or something yeah like that. they're ridiculous so, so i mean if you cool. wanted to kill yourself via almond it's hor- a it's horrible for the earth b it's horrible <laughs> for you It'd be easier to kill yourself with the water than it would be to kill yourself with <laughs> right. almonds. Because so, you die from water poisoning. Right. So you said yeah, if you drink too much water. accumulates cyanide. Is there like a certain part of the body that's stored I in? I bet you your thyroid. I, I'm sure it's some lymph node somewhere. Yeah. One, one of those trash grabbers that the body has. Because uh, sure. radiation gets stuck in your thyroid. Because it, so. it uh, makes iodine radioactive. And then you can preload iodine... With radioactive particles that are inert or yeah. small enough to not hurt you. Yeah, you so talked about this in the Chernobyl. Yeah, episode. it's super fast. And so you drink, so you you stock up on that, and then it yeah, and then it doesn't uh, doesn't build up, doesn't soak up radiation. Look at scientist Jeremy over there. So like, even though far we, from we, it, we, we, do, we dove right into this. Do you want to talk a little bit about the idea that led to you wanting to do this as a topic? I think that would have done a better job of sort of grounding where we're going with right. all this. Right, instead of just like, oh. Well, it just, the, 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 like, the thought behind it is, you know, there's a lot of foods we take for granted that we really don't know the history of, but there's a lot of foods and different cultures that have these things, and it, it, it was interesting to me that what inspired people to try this food or make this food or how did we come across this as something that you'd want to try eating. Right. You know? So the one, the thing that you had talked about didn't, or maybe it wasn't you. I thought that you had brought up, there's this particular thing that you basically have to boil it three different times. Yeah, oh, that's, that's one of my things. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you talk? Cause I think that help would be a, a good bridge from the initial thought to what we're talking about. Got it. Got it. So here's an example. So it's called the poke salad and the poke weed and poke berry are what you make the salad with. I was going to say this is not to be confused with a poke salad, which is a tuna salad. Yes. I so tuna poke salad, it's down south, United States, it's a big mm-hmm. popular thing in the United States. People go nuts for it. It's one of those things where, like, if you have it on your land, people who have access to it like don't care for it. But then everybody else who grew up with it and is like tradition, they're obsessed with it. Um, but it's called poke salad because it's one of the first plants that poke through the snow in the spring mm-hmm. oh. uh, and come up and poke okay. up. And it's extremely poisonous. So it's a, here's exactly the verbiage of somebody talking about poke salad. I thought it was kind of funny. If you eat them raw, they contain a neurotoxin that will make you extremely sick or more likely kill, more likely kill you. If you cook them, the toxin will still kill you. <laughs> now, so if you boil them, it will still kill you. So basically, someone died after eating this stuff, and then their friends went, well, maybe if we boil it like one more time. So twice boiled poke salad will still kill you. 
<laughs> so apparently that dead person's friend went third time is the charm <laughs> boiled it one last time and it's edible so it's like if you boil it how do you get to the point where you boil it three times well, so I, I have a couple of theories but does it say when it first rose in popularity or people knowing about it it was just um i would imagine i mean i i'm going i'm shooting off of memory here because i didn't bring that in my my list here but it was a cheap food for the poverty like the poverty see that's that's the theory that i was going to operate with it's like if, if you're starving, you'll eat whatever you can. Exactly. And eventually you'll figure out, like, because dying from the poison of eating is probably less annoying than dying of just being straight Star- starving. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I've never, I've never died of either, so I wouldn't be able to tell you definitively <laughs> which one. Well, I know Jeremy's less, grandpa, uh, he used to say that his family was so dirt poor that shoot, he would go out and shoot pigeons. Pigeons. He would shoot, like, gray squirrels, and he would just eat them. I mean, that's what can, he, can you imagine looking? I mean, people think pigeons are gross as is. They are gross. So can you imagine going out and killing and be like, mm, a little pigeon stew for dinner? Yeah. You well, know? there's this soup that. <laughs> I'm just saying, of, like a little bit of carrots, a little bit of, a little bit of um, squirrel. I mean, if you had carrots, you probably wouldn't go for the squirrel first. <laughs> um, there was a soup that you can make. It's called like, I think it's called Booyah. And it's just it's a bunch. It's got everything. It's basically everything. Yeah. It's squirrel, turtle, Porcupine, squirrel? yeah, squirrel, uh, yeah, squirrel. <laughs> no, I said um, Squirtle. Oh, Squirtle, squirtle. funny, squirtle. squirtle, Turtle, Squirtle, Squirt, Turtle. Anyway, so yeah, it's like you're gonna, you just, you know, you, you know, you hob it up, you what, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Yep. Potatoes. Potatoes. So taters, precious. So there's another, there's another food on my list that's very similar, that's extremely popular. Chris, you're giving me the eye. Well, if it's the thing that I think it is. Is it pufferfish? Okay, I was going to say, stay down three. But, oh, okay. Kara's got it. Nope, that's not one of them, but I have it on my list. Okay, well, so I'm going to talk about pufferfish for a minute because it's featured in a classic episode of The Simpsons. Ah. Homer goes to a new sushi restaurant and he orders the fugu, which, which is, is pufferfish. Puffer yep. Stew, and, thank you. And the, uh, <laughs> the, the person who's actually trained to prepare it is um, off monkeying around in a limousine with somebody, so the, like the new guy <laughs> goes to prepare it. <laughs> And he stabs her with a knife, and it just, the pufferfish just goes, <laughs> and he bleeds. And he's like, <laughs> that's good oh enough, I gosh. guess. So Homer eats it, and then the, the head chef comes back in and sees that it had been prepared wrong. And he's like, you're 24 hours to live. And it's like, it's a great episode. It's really, really good. Huh. But it's all of that is absolutely like legit. It's like you have to be specially trained to handle pufferfish. Right. To cut around the vital organs that contain the poison to pr- properly prepare it. So I right. would imagine this is something that's more of a enjoyed because it's a difficult dish to create as opposed to like, it probably tastes like any other fish out of right. And I don't think it has any type of a care found an article. It tastes like cod. Yeah. Tough so, cod. M- most fish tastes the same. Right. Like, like a, most white meat tastes like chicken. Well, yeah. Like it's <laughs> one of those things like we've like, uh, there've been multiple documentaries about how people are, um, stuff that they say is like Atlantic cod is really some other completely different fish because right. all the Atlantic cod right. are gone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it's like at the end of the day, it's like it's fish. Right. You know, this is just particularly danger spike fish. Right. So I guess so kind of going off the of puffer fish, one of the first recorded incidences with puffer fish is from Captain James Cook's log. From 1772 to 1775. So basically his crew were down in the tropics and they caught a bunch of spiky fish, tropical fish, and they took out basically what they wanted. 
And they threw up like the stuff they didn't want, like you know the, the organs, organs and, and stuff. whatnot, which is where the you know poison and so can be. the pl- the pieces they chose to eat made them sick, but not enough to die. But the other pe- the organs they threw to the pigs, all the pigs died. Dang. Yep. So that was kind of interesting, in my opinion. Mm. And this other guy, he um, it was on Reddit. Uh, he lives in Japan, northern Japan, with his wife and her and father in law, and. Uh, he said when he's eating fugu, um, if he like gets bones or anything, you know, he'll get a little tingly numbness on his lips. <laughs> and apparently Japanese fight, like they think this is a fun thing to do because it's a little, you know, flirting with danger type thing. So Jeez. it's just kind of, you know. But yeah, the poison, I guess, is really fast acting. Yeah. So if you taste tingling, you're supposed to like immediate. Yeah. You know, the bones are fine because they're not, that's not where the poison comes from. It just got some on it more right. or less. But, but somebody was saying it's so fast acting. If you like touch taste it, it, you'll you're know. Gonna, you'll feel the numbness, and you're like, okay, never mind, JK, yeah. put it back. <laughs> That's trying to kill me. I know. I mean, so I, I just this just sort of fits in with those things. Another thing that this is a dangerous thing that people actually eat, and it's live octopus. Ooh, oh. and it's not dangerous because of anything inside of it. It's dangerous. The suckers. If you don't chew them thoroughly enough to kill them, they will suction the inside of your throat and suffocate you. I can that's see that. ultimate revenge. That's yeah, the, you eat me, I'm choking you on the way down. That, Seriously, who goes and eats a live octopus? That's uh, like the biggest jerk thing to do in the whole world. Poor little thing. How would you like to be eaten alive? So yeah, and here here's a, a delicious picture of what that dish looks oh. like. Oh, well, I have a funny, like, uh, I wish I had Dave. So my, one of my coworkers, Dave told me about, um, they were in the Netherlands on a trip and they all sat down to order a meal and everyone ordered very traditional, like just very regular kind of American meals. And he ordered, I'm going to mess this up, but he didn't, there's ink in and ink out. And he ordered like ink in squid. So when they brought it out to him, it's prepared like inked up. So the entire thing was black. <laughs> it was all soaked in ink. And he took like two bites and his mouth was completely black. Like he was, he thought he was ordering like a oh, spaghetti. Oh, so it's like and, the scene in um, The Patriot. Uh, yes. With the ink tea. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, he's like, out came this dish and it was just like this pure ink. Like they just, they <laughs> poke it and then they like stir the ink around. It was like a pasta, like a squid ink pasta. He said it was gross. It was absolutely disgusting. Well, I mean, no, I'm obviously, sure, I'm sure there's plenty, like plenty of stuff that we think is gross that other people think is delicious. It's, but I, I would be disinclined to try it. For sure. I almost want to say I think it was one of those things in the menus that probably the like chef hates preparing because he said like the chef was just mean mugging him after that because he's like, oh, I gotta go make the you know make the uh, <laughs> the old ink squid, you know. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, squid ink yeah, is used used in a lot of baking to make things black. Yeah, really? the black mm-hmm. whopper is all squid ink. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. If you watch an episode of uh, Rhett and Link. They do like the little chef one where they try to make the most expensive whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think they remade that. Yep. With the black bun. Mm-hmm. And they actually squid ink in it. I I did eat that when it was out. Well, did it taste anything different than a regular Whopper? I'd imagine not. Well, they, they flavored it with A1. So the burger bun tasted like A1 steak sauce. So it was heaven to me. Oh. But, but. Was it a weird bit. eating a black bun? No, it was fine. It was completely fine. It was weird using the facilities afterwards. <gasps> Jeremy. It turned. <laughs> one or two. Two. It made it beat, like beet red, like a beet. Hmm. It was yeah. really weird. It looked like I pooped out a beet. <laughs> like a purplish, <laughs> reddish, dark beet. Yeah. 
It was weird. So, you, you know, like like people were calling in freaking out because they thought they were dying. And it was like, no, no. Did you have the black Burger King burger? <laughs> yes. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I just I also just tried the Impossible Burger, by the way. Is it good? So if a if a normal Big Mac, we'll just say, or a Whopper is an A, I would give it a C. Oh, OK. This is not nearly as impossible it, it, as they claim. It looks like a burger. But the thing is, the pickles and mustard and ketchup and everything is so overpowering. By the time you actually like bite into like and you get the meat, it even has a texture of meat. It just you just know it's not. What, what's the impossible burger? It's soy. And yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's allegedly like the closest to replicating meat veggie burger there is. Yeah. Also, why would you get why would you order a veggie just burger? Try it out. Try, no, it people it bleeds. Cleaning. It yeah. bleeds. You can buy the meat and it, it comes pink. You throw it on the grill. It sizzles. It got. It has the juices. You can leave pink in the middle. It, for all intents and purposes, it's like fake beef. Does it taste like it? it it's a C. It's a C. Yeah, so it's, it's just like well, average-esque meat-ish. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it was it was impressive. I mean, I, like it's interesting. To I mean, I've had some pretty god awful veggie burgers. Just oh like, yeah, no, this was so. not this was not bad at all. Like. It just was a C. Like it if all meat on earth disappeared, you'd be okay with that. I would be okay with it. It's and it's it's an acceptable substitute. I like I like the the theory of it, and I think if they're that close already, a little bit more refinement, we could bump that up to a B and eventually an A. I don't think it will be real. I think play. I think people are going to continue working on it though because there's so, such a big push to stop eating meat. I want lab meat. Yeah, lab grown meat. Yep, let's do it. I'm fine with it. It'll be like the island, but animals. That's fine. I mean, like you don't even. But you don't need to make animal. it alive. You, 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 you just, just make the, the meat. You grow the hamburgers. You can grow the. Will you grow me some bacon? And then people are going to be in the future to be like, you know, can you believe they actually used to eat beef? Yeah, they had to chase right? down a cow. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why would anybody eat that? <laughs> On rise, rise, rise of the of the of the podcast, podcast, podcast. So everything, everything's an echo in the future. No, it's just <laughs> it's like the nineteenth iteration of us in the future. Oh my are we all going to be cryogenically frozen and brought back? No, no, it's oh. just oh, I'm gonna get all the names are going to be taken. So they just people just take. Yeah, names. that is going to be a thing. Not to divert mm-hmm. the entire topic of this podcast, but that's like, okay. The, like we've only been in like the internet age for like twenty five ish years. The names are all, all gone. the names are gone They're already. All gone. So They're like, gone. imagine a hundred years from now, it's just going to be like X X X X X X X Rise of the Podcast X X X X X X X X. Well, didn't you? It wasn't music is one thing that you'll never be able to duplicate. Like you'll never. Okay. Well, there's a, there's of. an awesome video that Vsauce did about that. Yeah. yeah and it, technically, it, there there is a usable band. It's just kind of like I guess like light. If you know, you said like there's a big spectrum of light that we can't see, yeah. and only this much is in the visible spectrum. There's tons and thousands of millions of billions of combinations, but really, there's only so much that your ear finds pleasing. Mm-hmm. But so even but even within that, there's still so many combinations to be considered right. distinct. That even with that narrow slice, you can still do quite a bit. Basically, for a, for ostensibly, we will still never run out of music, right? Because you can do a very similar song but with different instrumentation that'll sound different enough to be considered its own right. song, and all these things. Like there's, you know, the electric guitar was invented in the '50s. We've only we haven't even had the electric guitar for a hundred right. years. So what's the next thing that people are going to invent? Like we have all these like right. MIDI instruments now that people are using and like samples and whatever, but. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be some other instrument invented at some point that is going to take the pop world by storm. Right. So. Would it be bad if I flossed one tooth right now? No, go ahead. You can do whatever <laughs> you, you want. You just go over there. <laughs> Turn Kara's camera dying. off. All right, Jeremy, we're just staying in your close-up for a while. Okay, everybody, look right here. So, wants to watch me floss so right early, earlier I was talking about um, 
the thing that was very similar. Anyways, there's a type of potato. It's the third most common potato. carbohydrate in um, like over in Southwest Asia area. And that is the cassava, cassava. Cassava. It's a, it's a potato. Uh, modern varieties have been bred to be less toxic. But what's kind of interesting is that was on my list too. A lot of farmers <laughs> you uh, use the more poisonous variant and they plant it around the exterior of their crops. So if animals come up and start eating, they'll hit the poisonous ones and then take off and leave the uh, the other ones. But if it is eaten raw or prepared incorrectly, um, isn't it the skin or is it the whole fruit? The whole it's the, potato. It's the skin. Okay, so yep. you peel the skin and bake it or whatever. It's yep. fine. Um, as little as two cassava roots contain a fatal dose. So that was one I thought was kind of interesting. So it's like, you know, it's a staple in a lot of places and, um, you know, it's not prepared correctly. It could poison you. I've never had, okay. I would never want to prepare a poisonous food item because I would be too afraid that I wasn't preparing it correctly. And I I think we're probably throwing around maybe poisonous, you know, because there's a lot of things that a lot of these articles reference toxic yeah. And it, it's all about percentages. So Isn't it's like, toxic just another word for poisonous? Mm, I don't know. Yes. I think sure. it is. I think it's, it's I think a lot of stuff can make you I know, ill. That, I know like poisonous and venomous are two completely different things and people use them interchangeably right. incorrectly. Poison is ingested. Venomous is injected. Right. But toxins, you ingest, you can ingest or inhale toxins. Yeah, then. Okay. I'll buy that. Is, is your reference CheatSheet.com by any chance, Jeremy? No, it's not CheatSheet.com. Because, <laughs> like, literally half of the things that are on here are things that... Well, I would imagine it would be pretty Reddit similar. Is, you went through Reddit, didn't I started you? with Reddit, but then I actually... Oh, okay. I actually multiple... I combined multiple websites into one Jeremy single document. Oh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, oh, so, so I, about 20 minutes before we started, I was just pulling up websites. Because <laughs> I wanted to sound informed. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sorry, Ooh. I've never heard of that. Well, can I kick off the next one? Yeah. So one of the ones I found fascinating people used to eat, this is in line with the poke salad, it, but it was a very big staple for Native Americans in the United States, was acorns. And it was... So acorns are poisonous or toxic mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent. Because they're filled with tannins and you have to grind it up into uh, like with a mortar and pestle. And then you also have to soak it to remove the tannins. So you have to grind it and soak it in order to get it. And it's a lot of work to prepare. But people were saying, why, like, why would somebody eat a bunch of acorns? You know, well, they're plentiful. Mm-hmm. They last forever on their own. So you can like just let them sit. That's what squirrels know what's up. You know, and then I was going to say, how do how are squirrels able to eat all of these? If well, it's- and so it's like, I wonder if a squirrel's body doesn't absorb the tannins or whatever, because it so be. a yeah, tannin they don't is, have a mechanism by which it will interact with your body. It's right. mm-hmm. effectively inert. Yeah. So, so the, the tannins are an anti-nutrient. So they reduce your ability's body to absorb essential <laughs> pizzas and anti-nutrients <laughs> <laughs> uh, from food. But uh, what I was going to ask you, Chris, is is tannins they're referring to like an acorn? Acorn is that the same thing that's in wine? That's what I was going to say. Oh man, I don't know anything about that. Is it like mm. tannin I E N versus tannin E N or something? I think it's all T A N N I N. So tannin. Let me go look it up. Yeah, tannin Kara's going to look it up. We have Kara on the on the case. So when I, when you say tannin, I think of Biff tannin. No, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then tannin is also like considered a bitter bitter flavor. Oh, you can make an acorn wine. There you go. There you go. So it must be. But anyway, so yeah, condu- consuming large amounts of tannins may lead to adverse health effects such as severe liver damage and cancer. And I love it. It says for sources. It says parentheses three trusted sources. But that's all it's listed. Thank you, three trusted sources. Yes. So I thought that one was pretty interesting. And then I only have a couple left, Chris, but the ones I have are like, they're the ones I've been saving because they're insane. Right. Well, can I jump in with one then? Absolutely. Pace those out. So there's one that I thought, so like people eat frog 
pretty regularly, right? Yep. Like it's considered I had frog legs. Like the frog legs. Jeremy whatever. had boiled frog legs on our honeymoon. They were gross. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were gross. So in uh, so in Namibia, there is a it's considered a delicacy to eat the entire giant bullfrog, but they have particularly toxic organs. Unless you harvest them after the last rain of the season where the toxin levels are low enough to be able to be enjoyed. Wow. So some, they figured out that it's like you can eat this, but it has to be at a certain part of the year where they have lower toxin levels, which See, is that, interesting. It's sort of like that triple boiled uh, poke stuff. That's in line with what's exactly fascinating to me. So it's like, you know, somebody ate that too early and got mm-hmm. either sick and died. And then somebody was like, oh, I don't get sick right after the rains, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, so the, you can suffer uh, kidney failure from this frog. You'd have to eat a lot of it to die from it. Most people would only just get gets Ill. Right. But um, it's not one of the most deadly, but it's it'll mess you up pretty hard. That's pretty crazy. I can't find anything about the tannins in both of them. It seems like they're the same. Hmm. So drinking wine isn't that good for you. Oh, some people have a problem. Don't don't, don't people put wine in decanters? To let them breathe and release the tannins. Maybe that's why. Or no. I don't know enough about wine culture. I'm I know not there's a, particular a filter. Fan of I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan either. Um, there is a filter to remove tannins from wine because that's what gives a lot of people headaches. Along with the sulfates. Yeah. The preservatives. So preservative-free wine is supposed to be a lot uh, better for a hangover than regular wine. The tannins occur naturally in grapes, seeds, and skins. All right, it's Chris. That are you ready for effect in your mouth? Ready for my next one? Uh, I will be in a moment. Well, I'm going to sort of pause for time for a second because I'm uh, cycling the camera. There's a little inside baseball here. Oh, whoops. Kara's camera wasn't on the whole time. <laughs> no, nope. oh, there it, we go. It just shut off a little bit ago. And I, the I podcast heard, just got better. I heard the shutter <laughs> click off a little bit ago. Oh, weird. Okay. Well, oops. Sorry about that, Kara. Is it rolling oh, now? It's rolling now, yeah. But <laughs> we got it. Oh, no. I bet you it wasn't rolling. Did it go to sleep? It might have gone to sleep. I bet you that's what happened. Oh, it's rolling now. My Ray bad. Podcast just got better. Uh, yeah, hey, welcome. Hey, welcome, Carol. To, to, to the 25th minute of the podcast. Oh, Woo. dang, you couldn't get a close-up of me flossing. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not even if she wanted to. Um, but so there, this one's one that I think a lot of people think of, and I just sort of want to get it out of the way because the, the way that they have this worded is funny to me. So obviously, like, there's a lot of mushrooms that'll mess you up, right? Yes. And so uh, the the way this the this source has it broken down, so it has the name of the thing, and then it says the risk, huh. and then it says variety from liver failure to death. Oh my lanta. Um, and then it goes on to say, so it's found in many parts of the in many parts of the world. Uh, to- the interesting thing is, most toxic mushrooms look almost exactly like their non-toxic varieties, which is why so many people end up accidentally eating the toxic variety of them because they're so hard to distinguish mm-hmm. between them. Uh, and then it says symptoms range from stomach cramps and headaches to liver failure and death. Dang. So, and if uh, just a PSA, if you're not 100% sure that a mushroom is safe to consume, just don't eat it. Right. It makes me think so, of the episode of The Office where Michael's out in the woods about ready to eat a mushroom and Dwight's like, Michael! And he wasn't no. supposed to be out there with him, but he like was secretly. I haven't watched. Yeah, he wasn't. Oh, he was secretly stalking him. And um, but I heard a cool fact. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that like in the 1800s up till whenever they quit doing it, you should be able to go to any pharmacy and give them a mushroom, and the pharmacist was supposed to be able to tell you if they're poisonous or not. What? That was like an old school thing. Because, you know, like barber shops were almost for medical purposes, yeah. too. They would do bloodletting and all that stuff, all the old treatments. <laughs> yeah, so 
apparently pharmacists were also supposed to be like expert mushroomist people. Crazy. Our uh, our local community college offers um, a sort of like a public ed version of a uh, mushroom hunting class. Oh, that's Which cool. One? So there's the uh, Fond du Lac. Oh, oh. Um, if you go there, so it's I think it's like wednesday afternoons for like six or eight weeks or something um you can go there and you can actually go foraging for mushrooms there's like a guidebook and the guy um that runs the thing super chill dude he's awesome that'd be kind of fun to do i actually did a a video for the college about that uh particular topic but it's just interesting because like Mm -hmm. there are people who are just interested enough in the thing that want to go out and find them and like try them and stuff i'm not a particular fan of mushrooms but there are a lot of people that are yeah well, Understandably I so. love a nice sautéed mushroom, a little bit of salt, a little bit of butter. Woo! But Jeremy's aunt actually is a pretty good cook. Mm-hmm. And I know a couple weeks back now she posted a, fa- um, a bunch of mushroom pictures to Facebook. And she was like, all right, guys, help me. Which ones are poisonous? <laughs> uh, well, maybe common knowledge will be the saving grace there. Yeah. Um, so Chris, you brought up mushrooms. I actually didn't even include mushrooms on my list because there's such a there's such a big variety of mm-hmm. mushrooms. Yeah, and it's a pretty well established thing too. Um, and then so I left off cheese and yogurts and all mm-hmm. of those types of categories because there's a weird food. Like people look at you know like you what you know we drink our own milk, but let's drink all the other animals' milks in the well, face of the we're planet. We're the only animal to drink another animal's milk. You know how like cheese first was invented, right? Well, I. Do know that like yogurt was invented to keep milk longer. So, but how um, was cheese invented? So, che- it's it basically was milk that was fermented inside of the stomachs of like sheep and stuff like that. That's initially how. Well, and I'm I- sure it started as like an because like you know it's like you use what you have to when you're um, like a nomadic people and stuff like that. If I, I'm just I'm just gonna is it like a sheep's head cheese or something like that um, or see well so I did read a really cool thing about that Chris and there was one article I read that said. You can't make cheese or even like yogurt without a bacterial mm. starter. Yeah. Has to yep. be introduced into the milk or, you know, to be able to start making it. And so I want to say riders in some type of horseback rider that would carry a leather pouch. They used to put milk in there. Mm-hmm. And, and the then as they jostling. would, the constant jostling would churn it into like a butter. yogurt okay. or like a butter type of thing. Yeah. But it would also have bacteria from the inside of the leather liner that would be introduced. So it was like, it was like a leather sack yogurt milk. Yeah. So early cheeses were discovered around 8,000 BC when sheep were first domesticated. Rennet, the enzyme used to make cheese, is naturally present in the stomach of ruminants. Those are animals like sheep or cows or whatever that... Mm-hmm. Uh, chew grasses and stuff. The leak-proof stomachs and other bladder-like organs of animals are often put to use to store and transport milk and other liquids. So without refrigeration, the warm summer heat in combination with the residual rennet in the stomach lining yep. would have naturally curdled the milk to produce the earliest forms of cheese. But, I mean, and who people ate looked, that. Yeah, I was going to say, who would look at that and be like, mm, Man, if, if you're hungry and you're in the middle of nowhere and your milk all of a sudden went kind of bad, it gets tempting, I'm sure, after a couple of days. And then if it did taste good, what if it right. tasted like warm, melty cheese? So what are your guys' favorite cheeses? Oh, I mean mozzarella. I mean that's mm. yeah. I don't like brie. I, there's like, I the, really like, like a, a sharp cheddar is really freaking good. Parmesan. I mean, like, these are what cheese basic. don't Gouda. I like? These Gouda. are all pretty basic cheese. Like someone's like, oh, get a camembert or something. It's like those more exotic ones. I haven't okay. really had a lot of experience so, with. But like Gouda's good. What's the yeah. Irish um, cheese that we like to get in little squares? I don't know. It's just an old. It's an Irish. Anyway, there's one called Skellig. 
Okay. It's like I've it's a sweet cheddar. <sighs> Absolutely to die for. Slice that up. Pop it on some crackers. Just um, eat them all. all right, we're going down a rabbit hole. So you guys Sorry, ran for a second. I love cheese. Well, no, keep talking about cheese. I'm gonna look up something. Okay. Well, I'm gonna switch it to bread. So bread was an accident. Bread was so they up to that point they used to use flatbread. Everything would be flatbread. So they would take the yeah, dough no mixture leavening, and they would just yeah. uh, lay it out on a rock mm-hmm. and it would cook. Well, then somebody accidentally got yeast introduced into the bread and it rose and made this delicious bread. And then that became the staple for a lot of people. You know, bread was really popular. Well, bread was a happy little accident. Yeah, I mean, it seems like everything's an accident. So you know what's not an accident? People charging ridiculous amounts for fancy cheese. Food is just a Bob Ross waiting to happen. So guess what the most expensive cheese is per pound? And and how much per Yarlsberg. pound? Uh, that's not in the topic. Oh. <laughs> what is it, Chris? Parmesan. Par- yeah, it's Parmesan. Okay, <laughs> if you watch Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, there are some expensive, super aged Parmesan. Right, it's going to be there. like uh, balsamic vinegar in a way. No, so there's six hundred dollars a pound. I don't know if it's pronounced pulley or pull. It's P U L E. Six hundred bucks a pound. Well, Think about that. Six hundred dollars a Pound. I feel like that's a cheese I want to try. Oh my goodness! There's a whatever white Stilton gold is is four hundred twenty dollars a pound. Yolo. Uh, Did you say yellow? Yeah, we got four twenty <laughs> a pound. You really want to? <laughs> you really want to blow up your mind? Look up the world's most expensive tea. Oh yeah, that one's insane. It's worth like it's unbelievable, Chris. So while you, while you're um, looking that, let's see. Um, so yeah, world's most expensive cheese you were listing off. World's most expensive tea is yeah, yeah. The, go ahead, read it. What, so metric friends, one point two million dollars per kilogram. Yes, that is ridiculous. <laughs> ha dong po or ha dong pa da hong pao cheese. Can we try to say hot dog? Da hong pao tea. <laughs> 1.2 million dollars per Isn't kilogram. Isn't that insane? Yeah. We're in the wrong business, guys. So, so we're really I don't want to rant about it too long, but really quickly, here's what I know about tea. Most people what they refer to our tea is it's all the same thing. It's tistane and it the white, green or black tea just depends on when it's harvested. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's all tistane. I I was familiar with that bit. And then, so it's all, it, so everything else is called tea, and it's really not, oh, no, everything else that's not tea is tistain. You're actually drinking tistain. It's not necessarily tea. Any fruit-flavored thing, you know, it's it might you might have white or green tea in it, but it's all, all, all everything yeah, else it's like is a like, base and it's like a base and stuff it, like that. Yeah. Okay. But that one tea that was really, really expensive. Da Hong Pao. It's like, comes off of a tree that only flowers once every 30 years or something. Okay, now I gotta look that up. And... It's there's only a couple left in the entire world, and it's only given as it's gifts. somewhere in like the mountains in China. Or yeah, something it's somewhere like in that. the mountains of China. It's super fascinating, mm-hmm. ridiculously fascinating. I, I can't love find the hyphen like on this thing. That's fine. Okay, just like a da hung pao. Yeah, well, it's it's. I just give me the Wikipedia page. That's all I want. I don't want these. <laughs> Wik- all right. I've got yeah. two more I'm going to talk about, Chris, and then I'm done with my crazy strange fruit. So you, while you're doing that research, I'm going to talk about. Um, so this one isn't necessarily edible. It is edible. But have you ever heard of the Jimmy Jimpy Jimpy plant? Gimpy Gimpy. Gimpy Gimpy. Yeah, it's Gimpy Gimpy. I have heard of it. It's like one of the most like. So it's a suicide. It's Australian. Plant. It's Australian. Yeah. And yeah. If you, okay. It's, th- there you go. It's Australian, a.k.a. Poisonous. Yeah, it's like everything that's poisonous ended up in so, Australia. So, so here's the deal with the gimpy gimpy plant. 
Boy, I wish I would have known it wasn't. Jim Pie, Jim Pie is the worst way you could ever say that. I mean, that's fine. Like, it's you're the one who told me it's like somebody who mispronounces a word is somebody who's only ever read it. Right there, you go. Yeah. You know, so it's like until you hear it in context. So I, I had heard Gimpy Gimpy. I didn't like see it for the first time. I was like, that is not how I would have spelled it, even a little bit. Right. Um, so here we go. So this is known as the suicide plant. And this one blew my mind. This sting is so painful that it's just easier to kill yourself rather than live with the pain. And even animals find a way to commit suicide if they if they get like stung by this fruit. So here's what happens. It's delivered by tiny, teeny, tiny hairs that are in the plant. And what happens is they're hollow. And there is, sorry, there is like a toxin in there. So it pokes into you. Thousands of them poke into you. And because they're hollow, when the wind blows, it pushes in the toxin. When the water hits it, it like leaks it into your skin. Ugh. And it's painstakingly, it's bad. The pain can last for up to seven years for your body to like eject, uh, eject this thing or well, sorry, days or even years. Um, well, seven years is how long it takes. Like when people are like, you get a new body every seven years. Right. That's maybe that's the only way. But, uh, yeah. It, so anyways, um, if you painstakingly remove each hair from the fruit, it is edible, but who would want to do that and risk? But yeah, if like you walk, okay, through somebody it, obviously did it though. Well, people well, yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean like people will walk through it and then like want to kill themselves because the pain is just that bad. Why do people live in Australia? Well, I know the, I know criminals are used to, used to be sent there, but I mean, <laughs> just outrage. Well, is there? I think it's it's like there's a certain part of Australia that's trying to kill you. The rest of it's cool. <laughs> so basically, stay in the city Sydney. limits. Sydney, go to Sydney. That, just don't go swimming because a bull shark there. will kill you. Okay, Chris. So this was the one that when I read this one was the final story that made me absolutely. And it's actually really funny that this is the one because I just. I just watched an episode about this bull. Uh, no, not the food, but this animal on River Monsters. Re- really? Mm-hmm. Well, about the animal, not the food. The animal. Not the so, food. have you ever heard of a uh, hawkerel? Hawkerel. 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 Oh, yes. <laughs> so this one's really fascinating. But only from my research of today. Got it. So they have a Greenland or sleeper shark. You catch one, extremely poisonous because of the buildup of ammonia. Ammonia? Yeah, so oh, the, oh. there's no internal, like, so we have, like, kidneys and stuff that filters stuff out of your system. Mm-hmm. This is the thing, right? Yes. Yeah, and so all the toxins that we normally filter out through our normal waste expelling system gets accumulated into their flesh. Correct. And that's insane to me. Well, and so this, it's... it's This is, like... This shark can be like get up to like five, six hundred some years old. I, I don't have a be- long time to be accumulating crap. I believe in your body. that's this, it's either the six gill or this one. Um, Which might be the same one, actually. No, so, no, what no. they did was is if you exactly prepare it this way, if you gut it, you behead it and gut it, then you dig a hole in sand, put sand in the, where the guts were, then bury it. Then put a rock on it to squish out fluid. In six to ten months, enough fluid will be pressed out and have been broken down that the shark is now edible. Edible. Yeah, you're just eating rotten shark meat. Then, once you do that, you take it out and you let it dry for six to twelve weeks. During that period, the shark is um, a dying period of brown crust will develop. Which is then removed 
cut into small pieces and served. So this is a Gordon Ramsay tried this, threw up, couldn't even keep it down. One of the few foods he's ever not been able to eat is this cockerel shark. But James friggin' May <laughs> from Top Gear was on Ramsey's show. And tour most recently. Yes. <laughs> Took a bite of it, held it down, and even said he'd be willing to take another bite. So way to go, James. Yeah, well done. Okay, well, whoever has seen T- GT knows that James May does seem to be a little bit on the creative side. I love James. He's Captain Slow. Yeah. He is really funny. Captain Slow. And <laughs> not just with the cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, just kidding. So I'm, there's a lot of insane history around this tea. Uh, so uh, Da Hong Pao means the red robe, which is interesting. Okay. Uh, you're exactly correct. The reason it's so expensive is there's very few actual original trees left. So there's there's other like non this specific like strain teas that are more affordable. But there's um it's it's so it's so rare and so exclusive that there are specialist brokers whose only job is to find people that sell it that are willing and people that want to buy it and connect them with each other. There's a there's an actual job that is just finding people who want it and finding people who have it and negotiating that's insane the thing can you it's, imagine people talk about stuff being worth their weight in gold this is worth 30 times its weight in, in gold. gold isn't that Dang. insane just outrageous so that's pretty cool and then there's this whole thing about like britain was sending spies in to try and steal it from china because britain's all about that tea you know <laughs> it, it's it's an insanely good read i'm on the bbc.com uh website all i know is when i read about it um believe it or not you know how i learned about this tea the rabbit trail that read me down this road was when tivana went out of business i've never even heard of it so tivana was tivana it was a company started by starbucks okay to so starbucks was coffee and they wanted to be tivana to be the starbucks of the tea world and it was really really they had like all these different varieties of tea and all these different methods to prepare the tea and you could go there and it was like a one-stop place to get all this great tea they had one in the mall and it, they went out of business and they just were absorbed by Starbucks. So now you can get Tivana teas pre-made bottled at any tea. Starbucks. Yeah. Bottled tea. Okay. But that's I mean, to the extent of it now. We bought probably $50. We, we spent probably $50 on tea. Yeah, but, but it, it was like, into like... It was a couple hundred dollars yeah, worth of tea, Chris. That we so what buy. blew my mind is on the bag it had... Because we bought, we bought their actual wholesale stock when Tivana went mm-hmm. out of business. Okay. And they had on one of the bags $250, like what their price was crossed out for like 30 bucks. Oh, damn. So it was like, Oh my goodness, I've got to, so we bought this and we still have it. Cause tea keeps for such a long time. Right. And, and we have it in little airtight jars. So I thought, well, if that tea is so expensive. So I started looking up expensive teas and I remember reading that most expensive tea article. Did you watch the death in paradise episode? Nope. They, the, where there's a tea. Maybe. I think it was Richard. I, I think, think it I did. Then. It was Richard. Yeah. The guy was killed over tea. Yeah, and uh, when he Richard knew what the tea was, and he's like, "Oh, I yeah, that was and he tried I, to take the tea box and everything." hundred percent. He was trying to keep it as evidence. You <laughs> keep the evidence for himself, or whatever. I remember because that. Was the most expensive tea, and then he was like, oh, "You can't let this go to waste," you know. <laughs> At the end, isn't there a cut of him taking a sip of the? the I tea? think so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. It's a great show. It's a great show. It is a very good show. Jeremy was salty when Richard died, and spoilers for a show that I've never heard of. And Humphrey takes over. Ah, oh, Humphrey's not the same. I like. I like. I, Humphrey. I like R- Richard. Richard Poole. Richard Poole because he's a lot like me. <laughs> I I think you're making a stretch, and I've never even seen. No, him. no he's, he's salty. He's, he's salty. like me. He's salty and balding. Um, 
<laughs> it's, it's my show, Chris. <laughs> There's one more thing, like just going through the list of uh, stuff that I'd accumulated. Just interesting to me. You're familiar with uh, Sprouts, right? Alpha, yep. Alpha Sprouts. Yeah. Yep. Um, apparently, Alpha, like especially like the raw ones, like are such an ideal environment for bacterial growth that you can commonly find them infected with Salmonella and E. coli, and they're very dangerous if not kept properly. I kind of have a story about that. Is it makes sense because Herbert and Gerberts used to sell the Boney Billy and it had sprouts on it. I love the Boney Billy. The original Boney Billy had sprouts. Okay, so context was, for people that don't live in the Tri-City area. Okay. Herbert and Gerberts. Literally, it's Duluth Superior Cloquet. That's, that's it? That's what Herbert and Gerberts is? That's it? Yeah, that's it. Herbert and Gerberts is like a Jimmy John's or a Subway type of oh. restaurant. All right, you can get, fine. You can get... Uh, sandwiches and soups there. Herbert and Gerbert. And, and they have goofy named sandwiches. They have so goofy the Boney Billy is a turkey sub. And it was a, a turkey. Skeleton. It was a turkey and sprout sub. Yeah. So it was supposed to be like a lower calorie sub. Mm-hmm. And the sprouts on it were delicious. And then they got rid of the sprouts and they said they're having a hard time keeping them sanitary or whatever. And that makes perfect sense now. <laughs> it was too much of a liability to serve sprouts fresh. So a lot of restaurants, apparently, if you think about it, when was the last time you went to a restaurant and had sprouts? Uh, the, literally, mm-hmm. Herbert and Gerberts, when they had sprouts, was the last you time. You can still buy them from the grocery store. Yeah. But, I mean, but then the responsibility falls on you. That's true. So I, there, I, there's one that Jeremy left off, and that's Lutefisk. Kara's got beef with Lutefisk. Lutefisk. I, Lutefisk? I, yes. Lutefisk. 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 Um, <clears throat> who wants to eat that? I mean, people like. Uh, so. I don't like it, but I understand why people do. It's like an indoctrination type of thing, right? Uh, okay, like who, indoctrination. I like that word. <laughs> Chris, I like that word. You're playing to Kara's heartstrings right now. So, like, uh, like if you think about it, like, there's very few people, like, really talking about things that, like, why do people, like, beer, right? Nobody's first beer, they're like, this is the most delicious thing I've ever tasted, right? You have to, like, accumulate... Um, like a tolerance for it or whatever. It's like eventually over time you'll we'll, we'll find like better beers or whatever. Like initially it's just like this bitter gross water, right? right. Like why do people drink this? Mm-hmm. For the same reason, like if you grow up and they're like this is a special thing or whatever and you eat it and you get used to eating it and it becomes part of the tradition and then you start enjoying it because you're now like get over the shock value of this horrible lye-coated fish and to be able to appreciate whatever appreciable parts there are to it. I'm not a fan of fish in general. I'm not a fan of things cooked in um, in acids right. or bases or whatever. It's not It's not actually cooked in lye. It's not actually soaked in lye anymore. It is now soaked in a sodium something, which is basically a bleach that's actually used in laundry <laughs> detergents. That's better. Right? <laughs> um, but no, I grew up in a very Swedish family, and every single Christmas there was lutefisk. Every single Christmas. I do think generation and wise, it is falling off in popularity. Praise, praise God. Like I, I remember being a child and it's stinking up the entire house when my uncle oh. would cook it. I was, this makes a lot. I was wondering, I was like, why is she saying Lutefisk? So it's pronounced Lutefisk by Swedish people, Lutefisk by Norwegian okay, people. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm I like, grew up in, a, I'm Norwegian, so I've always that's heard Lutefisk. That's so funny. I was like, what? Yeah, no, I'm so Swedish. both pronunciations, I want to clarify, both pronunciations are completely acceptable, <laughs> depending on whether or not you're Norwegian or Swedish. I'm Swedish, so Lutefisk. 
I am actually hilarious. both, but I'm more Norwegian than Swedish. Okay, I was like, wait, have I been saying it wrong this whole time? At yeah, least the, you didn't say Jim Pie. The loot right. is from lie. That's where that yep, comes from. Then fish. Fisk is uh, yeah. fish. Yep. Lie so, fish. But no, yeah, like I grew up with that my entire life. <laughs> like my uncle. I'm just looking at it. He just, he will just, you've seen it. He oh, mounds yeah. it on his plate and then he'll go back for seconds. I don't even think, he, he puts maybe a little bit of white sauce and a little bit of white pepper on it. And that's it. I don't think he even does butter. Yeah, I have but to have it. I have stuff. to have it swimming. Like it's more no. white sauce and so, butter on Jeremy's plate. Before we wrap up for the day, I got one more fi- kind of funny one that basically the Ludovisk, like you were talking about, Chris. You know, generation sorry, or whatever. What did you say? I'm just Ludovisk. <laughs> Anyways, uh, coffee has a really kind of interesting backstory, and the a farmer cat poop coffee. Well, there's that one, but yeah, the <laughs> coffee uh, luwak or whatever, yeah. coffee luwak. Um, a farmer saw his like goats or his animals eating it and then acting erratic, crazy, yeah. crazy afterwards. Oh. So coffee started off with, they would used to just eat the fruit and the bean because coffee's in a little fruit, it's a yeah. little berry. And then that was evolved into people would take and they would eat coffee and water at the same time. Then they would just make it as a tea, but they didn't like the grounds so then they steeped the coffee out to get modern day coffee. Interesting. And as it's even progressed even further, we've added pressure and you have your espresso. So just really interesting to, th- to yeah. think like it started off by being eaten. That's actually really then, funny because I was wondering how people figured out that like caffeine was the thing that was like. It was f- like coffee and it was from them eating the beans. You know, All right. Would, well, so if we want to go down. So I brought a beer earlier. You know why beer was invented. No, but I like the history. Like, I uh, yes and no. King, king something water and a king something. Well, so ba- basically, beer was um, the process of like of creating beer kills all like the bacteria and stuff in it. So there are places where the water was not drinkable, so you had to drink beer as a replacement for it to like, at least get some type of hydration. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like people just stumble across. It's like oh, you put the different things together, and all of a sudden you get this beverage or whatever. But that was the reason why. Straws are actually were invented because of beer. Straws were? Straws were invented because of beer. And now people would be caught dead drinking beer from a straw. Would it be get like past a layer of sediment or something? Yeah, that's exactly what it was because all the crap that was in the the beer barrels or whatever would come in the thing. You'd use the straw to get past the top layer of garbage. No kidding. Or you'd also tap them. Yeah. You'd tap a keg and then you'd be below it, you know, and then it would float down. That's really cool. It would float down. Well, yeah, it would would float (laughs) on the surface as As, the level of correct. I just... Kara's getting funny over here. I was here. able to determine what Jeremy meant through his short. Well, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just All right, well, ahead. funny lady, why don't you give us our closing for the day? Oh, I'm going to do the closing? Yeah. Okay, fine. All the words. All the Let's words. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe, and ring the notification bell. <laughs> <laughs> May the force be with you. Yeah. <laughs>